0: Are there any kind of top tips in terms of being able to manage your incomings and outgoings?
1: Yeah, I think uh, as a typical accountant,
2: keep yourself an emergency fund. You know, a rainy day fund. That's yeah. always really important.
0: If you've got, what strategies are are you three employing when it comes to servicing your mortgages? And and do you feel that's the right strategy? and welcome to the True Potential Do More With Your Money podcast. It is uh, the 12th of November and it is episode 94. And today I'm delighted to be joined by Laura Robinson, by Neil Rayner and by Jeff Casson. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to speak about debts, Loans and mortgages. We're going to speak about the good side of debt. We're going to speak about the bad side of debt. We're also going to share some good and bad practice when it comes to managing the debt and how we balance that against also manage our investment future. Before we do that, though, uh, Jeff, maybe if you wouldn't mind kicking things off with the customary uh, markets update, please.
3: Yep. Um, I suppose I'll just build on a little bit of the the themes that we've been talking about in in morning markets over the course of the weekend probably similar themes that we've been discussing over the past couple of months, indeed, around inflation. Um, this week we had inflation from a number of, of economies, particularly the US, where we saw inflation move up to, to 6.2% on, on an annualised basis, um, which is the highest it's been in around 30 years. We can look back at that and think about what what's driving that when well, we know that energy prices, food costs, the supply chain bottlenecks that we've been been talking about there are really biting and and causing that inflation rate to move up. Similarly we're seeing that in in other economies, Germany up to 4.5%, so much higher than than central banks would would want it to be. We've started to see some of that reaction coming through. We know that the Federal Reserve are going to step back in, in November towards the end of this month in terms of the support they're providing. I think the other thing that we touched on over the course of last week was really the volatility in the bond market. Equity markets just continue to, to move up We had a little bit of a, a wobble on, on Tuesday and Wednesday of, of, of this week, particularly in the US, in reaction to that, that inflation number. But in essence, markets have continued to move on. Yeah. Look at the UK, the UK FTSE 100, uh, back above its pre-COVID level for the first time yesterday good company results but really weak sterling as well and that's a big big beneficiary for the FTSE 100 because of the export oriented mm. nature of those businesses. So it is a bit of a conundrum with sterling back to, to 133.6 from where it had been um, at the beginning of the year so we've wiped out effectively the year's gains against the dollar for example back to that that low level. I think just the other real thing around it is just looking at UK GDP number as well that we had yesterday. A bit disappointing for some, but actually you dig down into it, quite nice improvement month on month, so July and August week for the obvious reasons. We could see it in the office here, the pandemic, people out of the office yeah. not able to work. That house, was the same yeah. mm. across lots of manufacturing businesses as well. So it's not surprising that the GDP was weak, but then a recovery into to September. So it would be good to see that that continuing to work its way through. And then the other thing has been company results across the piece, which have been, I think, really interesting to, to sort of dig into some of the themes that we've been, been discussing, supply chain bottlenecks, how that's impacting. It's not really impacting businesses that much. They're still reporting really strong margin performance, strong earnings growth, particularly in the U.S., Interesting snippet from two auto companies. We know they're the ones that have been most impacted by semiconductor shortages. Both Ford and then GM last night talking about starting to see some of those challenges abating into the back end of this year, but more importantly, into next year. So, supply chains starting to respond to, to those challenges. So, in the main, equity markets marginally higher if we look at that, US slightly weaker, Europe, the, the UK moving on, bond markets moving out again from moving in last week mm-hmm.
0: and sterling weaker. And you mentioned obviously the volatile bond markets, you mentioned <coughs> inflation as well. J- just for, for me but also for everybody listening at home, does that have an effect then on interest rates? It, it, the, it has an
3: effect on I suppose in two ways, one certainly central banks have in the main a dual mandate which is to think about employment, but also to think about price stability. So price stability is very much attributed to the inflation dynamic. And that's why we're seeing the the volatility coming through. Because if we look back three, six months ago, it was very much thought of this word transitory. Now, what that means, there's no defined time Mm -hmm. of what transitory is. Transitory could be one month, it could be 18 months. But really, it was thought, I think, then, that these spikes that we were seeing were a a three-month, six month reopening issue. Mm -hmm. What we've gradually seen and as it has evolved is that that Mm -hmm. inflation dynamic has just continued to roll through from different sectors and that's impacting on inflation expectations Mm -hmm. which influences then how the bond market reacts. The bond market's driven by the inflation and the interest rates. So there's the effect of well how to counter inflation, we move up interest rates. Add into the mix at this point in time we've got all of the, the support that come in Last year, from a fiscal perspective, pushing in on a demand side. So we've seen a really strong demand recovery. So demand is driving that inflation level up. Central banks have to react react initially by taking the support out, but then also thinking about rate moves. Yeah. And that's why we got the, the, the real volatility last week, because yeah. the Bank of England had been expected to yeah. move <laughs> rates. And, and and I suppose this is the beauty of markets. They're, they're discounting mechanisms. They look to price. Forward those expectations. So the UK gilt market had priced an interest rate increase last week from the central bank. When that didn't come through, big surprise. We saw sterling weakening. We saw gilt sell off. Then this week, a little bit more stability as people started to reappraise that. Again, then go to Wednesday. We get the six point two from the US. The US bond market reacts to that, and it's it's one of these real challenges for for central banks because. Policy changes don't impact straight away. Mm-hmm. So if the interest rate goes up tomorrow or next week or whatever, it doesn't impact the economy to 6, yeah. 12, 18 months further out. Yeah. And that's the real challenge for yeah. them at this point in time. Yeah, how do you guess what's going to How do you guess go what's going to yeah. happen? And yeah. that's the challenge with forecasting. But why, when you think about why we don't try and forecast, why you want to think about how do you position portfolios to be resilient in those different scenarios, so you're using different asset classes to allow you to achieve that. Yeah. So, thinking about where you want to be in, in bond markets, where you want yeah. to be
0: in equity markets, etc. That's the asset classes, uh, Jeff, absolutely right, and probably the geography as well. I yeah. guess you just talked about inflation being so high in the US, it's, it's high in the UK, but not as high as that. Yeah. It's, it's pretty different elsewhere. And it, it feeds into yeah. how people think about
3: currencies, <laughs> currencies trade off, yeah. interest rate differentials effectively. So that's one key part. If a currency, and that's why we, you, you could argue that sterling has weakened off, because you don't have that same expectation of, of rate increases, but you've got rate increases potentially to come through, but influencing growth. Yeah. And there's a lot of dynamics at play in terms of UK GDP growth into next year. There's also the aspect of just how central banks want to, to communicate it. Mm-hmm. And you, you'd argue that last week, the the UK Bank of England did a pretty poor job of communication with market. US, slightly better job. But then,
0: yeah. is that their job to guide markets? No, well, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly over the last few years, it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the, the, I suppose the reason I'd asked about interest is it, it segues nicely into today's subject about the debt side of things. And Neil, maybe if we kick off with yourselves, when we <coughs> think about debt, you've you know, I jotted down in my book some of the the predominant types of debt I guess you could have mortgages, car purchases, credit cards.
2: Yeah, they're the popular ones. Um, you know, we've they've they've all got variable rates, so probably as as a most people if they, they're short of cash they'll stick some money onto a credit card. Um be that it, whatever percent, 17, 18 percent. A lot of people get into particular debt that way. You've got personal loans, which tend to be a lower rate because they're over a rate of time. So, I mean, if you look at the current loan rate at the moment, you know, say between five and seven and a half thousand pounds, you're looking at probably about three percent, 3.3 percent. I think Tesco would do something like three percent. So, there's, there's, it's easy to borrow. Um, we all see the horror stories about Wonga. Um, and high percentages of, you know, debt that way from a from a short term point of view. But yeah, there's variable options. I mean, people have loans at the moment and debt at the moment is probably um, so uh, achievable to go out and get one uh, that it, it can
0: put people in, you know, a lot of difficult mm-hmm. from a financial circumstances point of view. So that's some of the traditional ones. And uh, Laura, Neil, obviously mentioned Wonga. You've probably got other ones, such as yep. Klarna and things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, very readily available, aren't they? You, you go on your, your high street websites, and before it used to be a debit card, credit card, mm. and now it's the likes of Klarna. You know, buy now and pay over three months, six months, or whatever it is. And and also store cards. Store cards are very yeah. readily mm. available as well. It's, it's, too, it's very easy for people to kind of fall into <coughs> the spiral of continual impulse spending yeah. and kind of increasing that debt over time i think
2: what we've seen is we've seen a shift from um from debt being available for smaller things mm. so you know clarner is available for someone like asos so if you go into asos you can buy with your debit card or you can pay by a by via three payments and you're talking typically with asos you're talking clothes um traditionally you used to borrow for a house a car you know, or a bigger purchase, mm. something that you didn't have the money in the bank for and that you realistically had to borrow and then pay it off over a certain amount of time. Now, probably from a you know, more dangerous consumer point of view, mm. you've, got pe- you've got things like Klarna where people are actually going on and saying, you know, oh, I want that suit, I don't have the money at this moment, let's pay over six months. And the danger behind that is obviously if you miss those payments, mm-hmm. the APRs are horrendous. Yeah. Quite, quite extortionate. Well, you you made a good point
0: there, Neil, as well about where maybe debt should and shouldn't have its place in a in in in, in a normal consumer. But you used to work in a in a compliance position here at True yep. Potential, so I know firsthand some of the deals you've had to have. Mm-hmm. And it's far easier and quicker for a member of the UK public to get into debt than it is to save into an ISA.
2: Correct, and I think if you look at. You know good financial planning and how you would approach it with a client would be it all boils down to just simple budgeting mm-hmm. what you've got coming in every month from a wage point of view and what you've got going out and what you can afford which we call ndi net disposable income if you've not got that money if you've got say 400 pounds spare per month and you want to buy something which is a thousand pound just just save up over three months mm. don't get it on any form of credit because if you can't afford it at that time then I'm sure you know you can afford it in three months' okay. time when you are up.
0: Well, we'll get out of that disposable income again a little bit later, Neil, because I think it's it's really important to get the balance of that right mm-hmm. when we look at some other product. But yeah. when it maybe comes to balance of that outlaw, I will lean on you as yeah. you know your accountancy background. <laughs> Are there any kind of top tips in terms of being able to manage your incomings and outgoings?
1: Yeah, I think uh, as a typical accountant, I have a spreadsheet. (laughs) Of course, that was predictable. Um, So yeah, so every month, you know, your income comes in, you look at your outgoings. You know, what are the, your mortgage, what are the first things that you have to pay? So you've got your mortgage, um, your various utilities, things like that, Um, phone bills and, and et cetera. Then I ch- generally tend to look at what have I got left, how much should I save this month, um, how much have I got to pay off credit cards and things like that. Um, and then, you know, you kind of, I kind of manage it that way. And I think debt is can be seen as bad, but it can also be good as well. Like you're saying, you know, loans and um, for mortgages and, and cars and things like that. But also for those bigger purchases, for example, a holiday or, you know, maybe something that happens to the house and you need that, you know, you need that money straight away. Um, I'm actually quite a, a fan of the, the 0% credit card. I think for emergencies, it's really helpful. Um, so, you know, if I've got balances on a 0% credit card, um, you can, either, again, re- very readily available. You know, you can get 0% rates for, say, 18 months, 24 months, so that you can pay off that large unexpected expense maybe um, over a period of time. But what I do is, again, kind of on my spreadsheets, um, i I'm in control because I know when, say, rates are ending. So if, if I've got a 0% and I've still got maybe a balance that I haven't paid off, then I would look elsewhere to then move it to another 0%. Because it's very dangerous if people get into that habit and think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, it's 0%, it's fine. As soon as that kind of initial period ends, you could be talking 20%, 25% interest very quickly. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it's, it's, it's almost been on top of... You, you you kind of if you do have debt and manage it effectively, yeah. When well, what works for you,
3: I think that's one of the things we've we've talked about a lot. It's about having knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's about going off and understanding what you're actually getting. So whilst it might look really good at a headline level, yeah. think about well what does that small print say? Yeah. And there's usually quite a frightening number that might be down yeah. there. <laughs> big numbers. And, yeah. um, you know that that is going to erode your wealth. Yeah. You know, just you have to think about that. You have to read it and understand
0: it. And to 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 almost counter that, Jeff, you know, because I think debt at times can be seen as a bad thing, you know, like bad out debt, but actually there can be examples where it can be a good thing. And let's, let's say you've you've almost got, you need to buy something for £10,000, but you've got £10,000 in the bank. Are you better off right now investing that £10,000 and getting yourself in debt for the £10,000 purchase because of low interest versus what you mentioned at the start in terms of the markets? I suppose i
3: going to say it, it comes back to your own circumstances, doesn't Ooh. it? And I suppose that's where it's really important to, to, as Laura said, Neil said, to take that consideration. What is the right thing for you to do? Yeah. And it might be that you actually need to get advice to understand, am yeah. I doing it in the right in the right way? The markets offer you a, a return. Um, they do certainly do that. Depends on your own circumstance, whether it's the right thing to be saving more of that or getting that right balance between, well, actually, I'll go and use some of that for a purchase. I'll take on some debt to do that where it's right. There's yeah. things where you don't have the ready cash sitting about to, to go out and purchase a car, purchase a house. Maybe may earn up for the deposit but certainly you're not going to have the, the house purchase mm-hmm. price sitting in the in the background. So there's circumstances circumstance where you need to do it um, but there's also that circumstance where you're getting the balance between I'll spend on debt here versus I'll save here yeah. and earn the that spread difference if one will to think about yeah. it. So you if you can make six, seven percent on investment Versus your one percent debt. Well, there's a there's a positive reason why one should be investing. Yeah, uh, so sure.
0: there's there's just I think it's very circumstantial dependent. And you mentioned financial advice, uh, Jeff. So Neil, you were talking about net disposable income mm-hmm. being uh, being a, an important part of the financial yeah. advice package. Yeah. What's when an advisor sits down with a client, they're looking at net disposable income. What is there a take of quantum of it? Are we looking at a certain amount? left over each month or was it not as simple as that? Uh,
2: well, it's, it, it is dependent on circumstances, but it's a comfortable amount. So, you know, if you had two pound left at the end of the month, we would say, you know, you're, you're just paying off your bills, Yeah. Um, but you really couldn't afford to put any money away. Um, I think a lot of people, certainly under lockdown in the past two years, have accumulated a lot of savings, um, which is, why I'm really surprised that things like Klarna are being pushed because you almost think that your, your average consumer um, doesn't need that sort of stuff because they've saved up mm. money. But when we look at net disposable income, um, we look at how much you can afford, um, how much you've got free every month. Once all your bills have gone out, once your credit card payments have gone out. Um, and as Laura was saying before, it's good financial advice to say that if the end of your zero rate is coming up, switch it to another credit Mm -hmm. card because that's going to be zero and you're going to be paying it back. You're not going to be paying a high proportion of the debt back and wasting your money. Um, But when we look at net disposable income, uh, we say, how much have you got at the end of the month? Well, can you afford to put some money into an ISA? Can you afford to put more money into your pension? Um, And is that going to leave you uh, short every month? No, it's not. Well, then save for your future Mm -hmm. because that money is sitting in the bank.
0: And more importantly, you're not getting that rate in the bank um, as what you would if you invested the money. And do you think, Laura, we should be doing that at the end of the month, like Neil says, or do you think it could be better to almost take it head on and get all your payments done at the start of the month and then see what you've got yeah, left Yeah, it's down? a good
1: question because I, I always sort my bills and everything out at the beginning of the month, but I think it may be a little bit daunting. So for people that are maybe haven't been investing and think, I definitely can't afford it. It may be, you know, that you, you, you may be when you approach the month, if you, you maybe miss that night out or you miss that weekend mm-hmm. or whatever it is, you're saving that money. So at the end of the month, you think, actually, I do have that £100 or £200 or whatever it is. Um, So I'll, I'll maybe put that, you know, using the impulse save. It's um, it's very quick and easy so that you're not almost approaching the month thinking I'm already 100 or £200 yeah, yeah. down yeah. and you're having to kind of maybe scrim and save and not live the life that you wanted to yeah. for the rest of the month. But maybe switch it around and... Um, and maybe say right I'm, I'm going to miss that one weekend away or, or whatever it is so then at the end of the month you think well actually I have got that hundred pound I'm going to put that away
3: because
1: yeah. now I'm going to get paid and I'm going to start again mm-hmm. next hey, month.
3: As Laura says it can be frightening at the start mm-hmm. to look at that yeah but it's probably the right thing to do to take a real cool hard look at it at the start of the month my salary's coming in these are the payments that I need to make yeah and just doing it yeah and then getting a real clear view, a yeah. clear picture of, I, on where you stand. I,
2: I think a good practice, sorry Dan, I think a good practice is, uh, we always talk in financial advice, is if you're going to save, treat it as a as a bill.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
2: it, when everybody, when I set a payment up for my council tax or my mortgage payment or anything like that, it's always, when do you want this coming out? And it's always the first of the Imagine month. That. I want it coming out on the first of the month because you have them a couple of days when you see everything coming out of <laughs> your bank, and you go, "God, I've left, yeah. you know, I've got that left for the for the rest of the month." But if you've got fifty pound a month direct debit set up to go in to see, you know, your true potential ISA or your true potential pension, within three or four days, that's gone out. Mm. You're going to treat that as a bill, yeah. and I treat all my investments as a bill to say my three four hundred pound a month, which is going into my ISA. That is a bill, and that is an expense, and then once you track it, you see how it's growing. You realise the importance of treating it like a bill, and, it, and yeah. its good budgeting, it exactly. really is. Yeah. yeah,
1: I think when you're used to that as well, that's that's a it's yeah. kind of good advice. But I think for some people, that's maybe not used to investing and not using used, used to that bill, um, and and treating it like a bill. Um, it's almost just dip your. F- you know dip your toe in and then mm-hmm. have yeah. a go and just get you know, a month, of it, and that's yeah. what it is it's yeah. habitual yeah. you know you're now in the habit of well that's a bill to me mm-hmm. so it just comes out and then you can you know what you can afford yes if some people are maybe not used to saving or they you know that mm-hmm. they're not really sure how much they can afford just dip your toe in make yes. that kind of first well, step
0: i think that's a good thing with probably as, as direct debit as a mechanism as well because yeah. once it's set it just happens yeah. so before you it's a bad couple of days because you, you get the end of the month and Laura, you and the team pay us so yep. it's like, yeah, look at the bank and then the next day because I'm in, the same it just all goes <laughs> out straight away but it is a direct dip <laughs> so you're not thinking about it and you feel I think everybody does when, when a new expense comes out you feel the pinch don't you for the first couple of months mm-hmm. three months or so and then I think you settle down and yeah. you, you, you get used to that then yeah. again and yeah I mean that, that that's a good point Neil because it's you know your mortgage is a bill, your car payments are bill, your credit cards are. Why shouldn't your ISA or your pension?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit just like just be the same. Yeah. You, you almost don't even notice it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As soon as you get into that habit monthly, you kind of don't miss it because mm. you never had it. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a good and kind of practice about. to get into. Yeah.
2: And it gives you a really good, um, you know, forward-looking to the rest of the month to say, this is what I've got left. All my bills are out. This is what I can afford to impulse save. Yeah. This is what I can afford to maybe put into my account, which is, mm. you know, it's just gonna sit there in the bank. So it gives you a really good
0: practice moving forward through the month. Yeah. Mm. So these are obviously positive ways in which we can deal with debt and, and deal with also in investment on the, on the other side. Laura, if we are maybe look at a more negative side of I it, mean, cause I'm aware that not everybody's maybe in the same fortunate position as what it sounds like us four are where we've got spare cash to, to invest. At times, and we talked about this with some of these less, less kind of nice firms. We'll (laughs) use the word where they can get people heaped under tons of debt. There is, is there a type of strategy we should be advising people to do when it comes with dealing with large debt, which is almost wiping out all of their income and just to manage their debt or service their debt?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, in my younger days, I was definitely in that position. Um, you know, wh- when you kind of have your first job and it's, oh, I've got this money. And we were talking before, Jeff, weren't we? It's, you know, when you get your first overdraft or your first yeah. credit card, it's very easy. And, and with all these kind of, you know, high street lenders, and it's almost, I think when you when you get a little bit older, you, you kind of think, well, I can't really continue life like this. Yeah. And I remember when I was younger, you know, I got into that, you know, maybe early 20s, you kind of, you get into that position and you maybe kind of consolidate your debt is, is maybe a suggestion for me yeah. um, you know consolidate so you mm-hmm. haven't got I've got to worry about that I've got to worry about yeah, that yeah, and yeah. it's just one lump sum payment yeah. that you need to mm. you know gradually pay off over time um, and then again kind of once that reduces you then get more favorable rates maybe.
0: Um, so did you have multiple, like a, a store card here and a car yeah. or what have you, and you just put it into one? Yeah,
1: when market. I was again, when I was younger, so you maybe yeah. have a bit of an overdraft. You had a, a credit card which you were paying interest on, which yeah. I would never yeah. do these days. Yeah, um, and it was almost just a bit <coughs> overwhelming. I think. Well,
0: it it can be easier, certainly when you're younger as well. I'll i use myself as a selfish example. I, my first job, when I was eighteen, I got nine thousand six hundred pounds a year, which was eight hundred pound a month. So. so. And after about six months I went and bought a car mm. and the insurance mm. and that was the car was three hundred and twenty pounds and the insurance was sixty pounds a month. Yeah. So before I knew it half of my mm. income in, you know, yeah. a gross income was was spent on this. Yeah. And it was just a ridiculous thing yeah. to do now. Mm. But um, and I had to do what you you did in the end, which was kinda suck it up and get on with it, know that it's a short term thing yeah. Yeah. but not kinda double down on that debt. Yeah. You know, not to support <coughs> say i had 400 pound left yeah. it'd be very easy then to go and get a credit card and, and to keep to add to it that's the
3: that's the real challenge isn't it because it's going to flip one of one of one of both ways you're either going to double down on it yeah. or you're going to address the problem yeah. and i suppose that's where it's really important to take a cold hard look at it and yeah. say actually i need to do something about this and not try and close it off into one of those other compartments that we can do yeah. 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 it'll sort itself out it, it certainly won't yeah. no. when we know the rates that are involved yeah. and it well, gets into a situation that's <clears throat> unmanageable
0: Jeff, quite you, quickly. you can see these circumstances yeah. where individuals do and it gets yeah. untenable incredibly quick yeah.
1: yeah
2: i think it's a. there's also a physical attraction to assets so if you think i'm going to get that new car i'm going to get oh that new macbook it looks really nice that novelty soon wears off and then what you're faced with is the reality of the monthly payment. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, you know, it's going to take me three, four years to pay this off. I've got a three-year-old laptop that I'm, I'd rather have a new one. But you realise you're saddled with that debt. So I think it's judging really what you actually need. Um, you know, I do need a car to go to work. I might have a nice car to go to work. Mm. I do need a house to live in, you know, a mortgage, et etc. et cetera. And it's looking at really just trying to save up for those things if you've got net disposable income yeah. rather than just taking it out on debt.
0: Do you know anybody who bought a MacBook? Um, who didn't need one? No, not, no at at all. All. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. I've been promised one,
2: yeah. but I've never I've never got one. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little in joke there, I think. Everyone <laughs> 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 thinking, what's he talking about?
0: Um, <clears throat> obviously Laura you've you've talked about that with, with, with some dead. I've talked about my car. Neil Jeff, any sort of what what would be your worst experience? What, what's the worst way in which you've got yourself into debt? I deals? think very very similar to,
3: to, to Laura when you think when you're just starting out in the job. Yeah. There's lots of things that you want. There's lots of things that become really easy to to get with a card. Yeah. And you just well I'll have that and I'll get that and I'll get that and before you know it actually there's quite a an amount there mm-hmm. that you're looking at. But the thing that I think this got me many years ago thinking back was just rates of interest were very different than they are today. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And when you think about we think about 25% as the APR potentially in cards today. It was a lot higher mm-hmm. um, yeah. many years ago. And it, it really brings it home. It's like an additional tax it on, is the, on the cost right. of buying something. So I suppose, ironically, if you think about it in that way, am I willing to pay, so I, I don't know, say you're buying something at £200, am I willing to spend... Two hundred and fifty
0: pounds in that. Well, that's probably it. Probably not. Yeah, and I, 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 think the consumer would be better protected by giving a real yeah. example like that, Jeff. Yeah. Because, I, I once got a a, a Topshop card, as well. That was the yeah. same sort of thing. So, but actually, unbeknown, you know, because it's somewhere hidden away yeah. on page twenty of the yeah. terms, was a high exit penalty as well. Yeah. Mm. You know, so if you cash the thing in <coughs> the early doors, you got stung. I think no, that's I a good well, point. Sort of I think
2: that's a good point. You. Yeah. A lot of people pay 50, 60 pound up a month on their credit card or a bill, and they don't realise how much of that chunk of that 50, 60 pound is actually just paying off the interest. Yeah. And you know it could be as much as you know 25% and you're looking at it and you're thinking, God, it's not going down much, I'm not paying this okay. off, because they don't realise they're on those rates. Yeah. So, so having a look at how much you are actually paying from an APR point of view, yeah. consolidation, going to a 0% credit card is all good practice. Um, to get you to get your foot off that sort of debt ladder,
3: if you like, and get you get yourself back on an even keel. And just think about the interest <coughs> rate that you get in the bank when you're saving. That has to be a frame yeah. of reference for this. So yeah. if you know you're getting 0.1, <coughs> but you're getting charged 25. Yeah, It's quite a big spread that's there. There's, there's, yeah, there's somebody, yeah. Somebody's making some money there yeah. somewhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's because you're, Plus, you're having to pay that.
2: Yeah, also from a, a financial advice point of view, when we're giving... Advice to the client's are true potential. Um, we're looking at you know how much money you've got to spend every month, um, but you're looking at the fact that you know you you can actually put money away. You know you if you've got if you've got debt and you're paying it off, good great. Um, if you can't afford to pay it off all at once, fantastic. Put some money into your investment and then you've also got an investment pot as well growing alongside the debt that you're paying off so you know mixing it it's not to say that you have to just immediately pay off the debt we would like you to pay off debt as quickly as possible but you can't afford to invest even at a smaller amount as well and also more importantly keep yourself an emergency fund you know a rainy day fund that's yeah. always really important if you've got if you've borrowed for something but then well, Something happens to the
0: boiler. That's where you see the short term debt come in Yeah, you know, That's that's where you can see people get into bother, which yeah. is the boiler breaks down and they don't have a thousand pounds there to buy the new boiler. Yeah. You pop it on the credit card, you then miss moving at the north percent, the interest rate kicks yeah. in at twenty five percent and it just starts I compounding guess. up. And your wage is gone. Way. Yeah. So it's it's you typically recommend what, three months? Uh six months we do six now. We do a safety. Yeah,
2: yeah, it used to be three, but we're going for we're going for six from it. Uh, sort of a, a safety point of view and we're saying you know got a thousand pounds worth of outgoings every month keep six thousand mm-hmm. pounds as a rainy day fund because actually if you think it's six thousand pounds it is a lot of money to me and everybody here and it's a lot of money to most people however the price of things it just goes straight away and you're talking about a boiler down, which is a thousand pound Probably yeah, a thousand pound minimum. Mm. You know, you've got other stuff on there as well that would probably bring it up. It's
0: been a long 40. time since I bought a boiler. <laughs> <there. Yeah>. so, <laughs> so it's sort of you know ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and look at look at your price of cars. Yeah, you know. It's the maintenance
2: of cars as well? Correct. Isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, good point.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I think we, we we talked about mortgages at the start, which I think is probably likely to be most people's listening and most people in the room's largest debt within there. You've got different repayment vehicles when it comes to servicing that debt. You can have the full re- repayment, so you're paying an element of interest but also an element of the actual capital amount down. So say it's a 25-year mortgage, at the end of the 25 years you've serviced the interest but you've paid off the loan, or versus an interest only, so where you, as the name suggests, you pay the interest only at the end of the 25 years you, you, you owe the, the amount. I know it's not financial advice before compliance get worried, but what, what, what strategies are, are you three employing when it comes to servicing your mortgages? And, and do you feel that's the right strategy? We'll yeah. start with you maybe, Laura. Yeah, of yeah.
1: course. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, I only, how long have I had my mortgage? Maybe five, six years. So mm. I, I was probably a bit late under the mm. the property ladder. Um, and again, I, I kind of went with a repayment mortgage, you know, to, to try and, almost get that um, load of value down, you get a better interest rate. Um, it's actually quite stark, the initial rate that you get when you're a first-time buyer to mi- I maybe got like a two to three year fixed. And then when you, 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 you shop around, um, the interest rate almost halved because I'd been repaying, yeah, rather than just having that interest so only. So the actual amount
0: you then needed to borrow Correct. was... Correct. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. It, it was yeah.
1: advantageous for me. Um, and then it, you get to that point, you, you, you almost assess your financials and say, okay, well, I was paying X amount before, I can afford X amount. It's now reduced to whatever it is. Should I then maybe, you know, should I overpay on the mortgage? Because yeah. I could afford that before. Yeah. Yeah. Do I then overpay? Or actually... Do I put that in the ISA, for yeah. example? Yes. Um, and that, I think that's a big question for everybody. It goes back to
0: what Jeff was saying about probably circumstances, but probably also particular appetite for risk. Absolutely. So I suppose yeah. the, the, the difference to what you would do is, I don't know, let's say your mortgage costs you £1,000 a month, £500 is for the interest, £500 yeah. is for the capital payment. If you just paid £500 for the interest and invested the £500 a month into an ISA for 25 years, would it outstrip it? Yeah. And it's, it's I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not looking at you for no, the answer, think, Jeff. Yeah, th- yeah. There's
3: no right answer. Yeah. But I think if we think about individual circumstance within that, your tolerance for risk on the investment side, but you're also your tolerance for risk on the on the debt side, yeah. and how that feeds into your overall thinking about your, your finances, there is that opportunity to, with your mortgage, to to have those different pots of money. You have your debt pot, but you have your, your pot that you could manage to, yeah. to, to grow that to, to pay it off at the end of the time. And then striking a balance, well, maybe I'll grow some of it, but I might contribute a little bit more mm. to my mortgage, particularly if I'm thinking about remortgaging. Yeah. Reduce that LTV, move to a different rate, and, and certainly shop around for those rates, because yeah. interest rates are exceptionally low. Yeah. So mortgage rates, yeah. by definition, should also be yeah. Yeah. much lower. So if you can get a rate that's really attractive and it works for you, certainly if there's a three-year mm. fix or a longer-term fix, it's, it's all things that should be...
0: Should be considered. Yeah, I had a terrible experience of that when I bought my first house in Gosforth, it was when Mervyn King was still the um, the governor of the Bank yeah. of England, and he said interest rates are only going to go one way. This is when they were about three and a half, four percent. They're only going to go one way, yeah. which is up. So I fixed my mortgage for five years at four point five percent, being sensible, nice <laughs> repayment, <laughs> one eight like years, Laura, and then we also had the banking crisis yeah. and everything yeah. from from there. Um, yeah. So yeah, I still still lament the day and, for and being that's, sensible. You know, that's yeah. the interesting thing. we
3: have yeah. got rates that, in a historical context, yeah. are so so low. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why it is really important to think about what you yeah. can and can't do. I mean, you've nope.
2: got you've got a you've got a cheap rate at the moment. You you know you can get a mortgage, you track a mortgage from zero point nine five. Mm. You know, extremely low borrowing on a mortgage.
0: Well, would would it be fair Neil if we stay on you and we stay with with the cost? uh from there so you're seeing you get a variable rate for less than one percent at the moment yeah would you say it's a fair assumption that not everybody but a number of people who have an interest-only mortgage have no repayment vehicle for it and what they're hoping to do yeah. is service the interest and then in 20 years time or five years time sell the house and hope that the price of the house has gone up enough to to, to write off the loan. Yeah
2: that's probably what the primarily thought when they when they took that out thinking to make the the increase in house prices would ultimately pay off that mortgage at the end and they would only serve as the interest side of it so yeah yeah, definitely and that was definitely in in people's minds when they were taking those out. The worrying bit is that I've seen um, where we've seen some horror stories that people quite rightly don't have those repayment vehicles in place. Um, and a good mortgage lender should, should always suggest that because you need something to go alongside it because when it ends you know you need to pay off that serviceable that, that, or that debt that mortgage debt. Um, so yes, there are. I mean most people will be will be on repayment mortgages mm-hmm. um, be the payments too high, maybe they can't afford it you know but are living on the limit. Um, but what Laura said is is a good point when you do take out your first mortgage, you're always going to be paying higher. If, you, if you're paying that 5% or that 10% deposit, um, you're always going to be getting that higher mortgage rate because you're a first-time buyer. Mm-hmm. When you get down and you've paid off some of that debt, then you can shop around and you can say, well, my, my loan to value is a lot smaller now. I'm going to get a better rate. What does that do? Yeah. Well, that creates net disposable income for you at the end of the month. And then you can look at your finances and see, whoa, I've got some spare money at the end of the month now. I can, yeah. put, I can put some money away. Um, but yes, I mean, interest only, probably not an avenue that I would go down uh, because I like to know that, yes, in the first years of the mortgage, you are paying off the interest mm-hmm. and then you start mm-hmm. getting into the repayment part of it, the actual debt. Um, and that's what mm-hmm. I like to know. I'd like to know at the end of that term, that mortgage is paid off.
0: I've I've got one of a kind of fear, and again, it's, it's maybe unfounded or not, that there's, because of what Jeff was saying, we've had this historic period of low interest rates where people have these interest rate-only mortgages and they're on the limit in terms of their net disposable income. They're paying just enough to service at 0.95 or 0.5 or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden the Bank of England does creep things up one, two, three percent or whatever uh, to a more typical sort of interest rate. I think this could... Push people over the edge when it comes to the debt, where all of a sudden their outgoings are higher than their incomings. I suppose that's
3: back to what, what Laura was saying at the start in the spreadsheet or your bit of paper to write it all down, yeah. get a sense of where you are. If you don't have that flexibility yeah. to move, if interest rates do move a little bit, you, you want to be aware of that. Yeah. You don't want to suddenly tip
0: yourself over well, the edge. Well, it is. It's, it's, a, it's a great kind of unseen threat, I think, yeah. and I think we've probably got a Generation or two now, Have the rates been low. Jeff, two thousand seven, two thousand and eight. Yeah, since since effectively then yeah. we saw rates move up in eleven,
3: just sort of thirteen a little bit. Yeah, and then obviously cut last year back to to emergency okay. no yeah. levels. Yeah, yeah. and I, I suppose the real challenge there is where could rates go to? Yeah, mm-hmm. um, you know, we talk about individuals. We're talking about individual debt here, but we're also got a situation where. Governments have got a lot of debt. Absolutely, and yeah. there's there's the two dynamics there. So you know, rates might move up. It probably should move up, given where mm-hmm. we are from an inflation perspective. Yeah. I think uh, it should feed through to, yeah. to rates. We saw interestingly last week. If you look at the bag of the Sunday papers, you see a lot of the really cheap rates. Yeah, but then over the past two weeks, a lot of those have have gone. Mm-hmm. Now they've moved up a bit, but the really ultra-cheap less 1% rates have, have gone. Yeah. I
2: think yeah. what we've also seen in the last, um, certainly in the last six months, uh, Dan, is um, the stamp duty, you know, being on, on houses. And I'm sort of, I'm not saying this was the big con, but it was, you know, people were very influenced to buy houses because of the fact that there was no stamp duty on these properties. However, what people didn't realise is that, house prices in general were £20,000 more than they were mm-hmm. last year so people were maybe looking at saying oh well a lot of a lot of buyers are attracted to buying a house we're going to put that money the sellers we're going to put that money on the front end of the house so in real terms you're paying that £20,000 on the front end of the house of the price over a course of a repayment mortgage which mm-hmm. means you're spending even more rather than saving that initial stamp duty which you have to pay up front Absolutely. and a lot of people were attracted to that yeah. and I think with, you know, with regards to what you said before, Dan, if those house prices are twenty thousand pounds more and you've borrowed on those, what happens? And people are up to the limit on their net disposable yeah. income. What happens when their property prices fall? Mm-hmm. When they're in negative equity from a mortgage point of view over two or three. Or well, you years. can't sell the house. You know, which,
0: which you also see with some of these new buildings, but you know they've been doing the help to buy mortgages. Yes. I've got a friend who's got one and yeah. hasn't been able to sell the house for five years. Yes. Because he lives on a estate with another hundred houses, yeah. exactly the same, the same yeah. all at exactly the same costs, with yeah. the same mortgages. You know, yeah. they're effectively trapped, yes, so to speak,
2: of the original price that they bought them in yes. as well, uh, yeah. which was higher. So yeah, it's uh, it'll be an interesting couple of years, and I think from a
0: from a mortgage market yeah. point of view, sounds a bit doom and gloom, doesn't <laughs> it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not sure how to pick it up. I'm, uh, I'm not as talented as a host <laughs> on, on the podcast. That's where Peter Boulder makes a silly <laughs> joke. Yes. Um, but look, let's 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 finish with you know maybe a top tip from 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 the three of yourselves. Have we got three good tips in us? We'll um, start with you, Laura. Okay, that's there.
1: fine. Yeah. <laughs> my, my top tip again, you know, me spreadsheet. It, 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 it does help. It almost gives you an overview. You you kind of you meet people and they don't know what their their, their income is. That I mean, they probably know what their income is, but they don't know all of their outgoings. Yeah. Yeah. Get comfortable with what's coming in, what's coming out. If you need a spreadsheet, get a spreadsheet. I recommend a spreadsheet. Yeah. Um but again it just gives you that oversight and planning as well. Yeah. You know, look look ahead to the next six months, twelve months or, or whatever it may be and plan your goal. Yeah. Um, what can you afford? If you've got the debt, how are you gonna repay that over the next 12 months? You yeah. know, if you're saving for a house, when do you want the house? When do you need the deposit for? Unless you get into the detail of your comings and goings you'll you'll almost never get there it, and it just the goal ends up moving further and further away so my top tip would be kind of get into the detail of your comments and goings and then start planning yeah,
3: yeah. jeff i think for me it'd be about understanding understanding the small print While something mm-hmm. might look optically attractive nothing is a free lunch there's always something at the back end of it so understand that don't just accept that it says zero or it's an exceptionally low rate for a period of months yeah What's the true price? Do that little bit of mass in the background and say, well, if it's hundred pounds and the rate's twenty percent, it's gonna cost me twenty percent more. Yeah. Yeah. Would I pay that normally? Yeah. Yeah. And if 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 not, why bother?
2: Yeah. Neil. Um quite simply would be don't borrow to buy if you can if you can, you know, if you can afford to. Um I think for the smaller stuff I said a a couple of podcasts ago. Um if you don't necessarily need something then you know, save up for it if you're gonna buy it. I think that's a really good important thing. Um and regularly review your outgoings and your, your you know, we like Laura said, we all know what we get paid. But we stuff comes out of your bank every day. I mean if you look if you go on your online app, it's like two pound here, three pound twenty for Starbucks and it really does build up at the end of the month. Yeah. And um I'm a big um you know sort of sinner where it comes to going to Starbucks for a coffee and I should just come to work and get one. And I'm saving myself. we charging. And I'm saving myself. Stop billing yet. Right. Let's just go with that, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Put some a little <laughs> bill. Yeah. I'll put an expense yeah. for it. <laughs> uh, but at, you know, £3.20, it does build up. Mm-hmm. Going to Sainsbury's for you know something else, It builds up and when you look at actually how much money you're spending on groceries every month and from a budget point of view you're thinking i'm spending a fortune here in sainsbury's and groceries and
0: i i I think that the the overriding theme really from all three of yourselves is is take some responsibility and 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 manage it take responsibility in keeping an eye on your incomes and outgoings take responsibility and understanding what you're getting into jeff and the the fantastic point which you make which is if something costs 200 pound but it's going to cost 250 pounds. Would you still pay 250 pounds mm-hmm. if you had that cash in your yeah, pocket yeah. for it? And I know it can be tricky to figure out that small print, but I think we're in such a, 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 an interesting environment now with the internet, with calculators, where if you're not sure, stop yeah. and research it online, get crunched, ask somebody um, yeah. f- f- from there. And Neil, I, I, again, probably linked with Jeff's point about would you pay 250, for something, which is 200 pounds, it's the same with you buying a consumable item, which is would you pay two hundred pounds for that? Yes. Do you, Do you need that right now? Yeah. Or is it worth saving up for correct. for the yeah. two, yeah. The two, three, four, four months there? Yeah. And it's um, I know it can sound a bit preachy and a bit a bit boring, but I think what what we're hopefully trying to get across, ladies and gentlemen, is this idea that if you can get your net disposable uh, quantum correct, um, you can have a fab life. You can have the debt. You can manage the debt. Um, but importantly, you're leaving enough set aside to buy the consumable items to be able to invest into your pension, invest into your ISA yeah. mm-hmm. or what have you, and get that balance correct. I think it's, it's, it's a rare event when you see somebody with no debt yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Debt, unfortunately, is a bit Not of a like. necessity yeah. at, at, at times, yeah. but as is investing for your future Yes. Uh, from there. So, um, futures, we've got the weekend coming up. Um, Neil, what are, your, what are your grand plans?
2: Um, well, I went to my owl sanctuary last weekend, oh, yes. oh, so nice. that was interesting. So I haven't got anything as exciting uh, <laughs> this month. Um, sorry, this weekend. Um, I haven't been in a Newcastle for a while, right? So I might go and visit our favourite men's shopping. Well, I was say, clothing last, last time you
0: were in Newcastle, you bought the same coat as me. Bought you? the same jacket. Oh, yeah. thing, yeah. yes. so <laughs> True story. we am going
2: to go with cash or with a card. Debit card, yes yeah, so oh. cash? Really. Electric cash, right. electronic cash. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah. dead. No, not dead. Um, and did, had you saved up for it? I had saved up. Yes. For it, yes. <laughs> All the money I saved on yeah. the lockdown. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go into Newcastle. I'm going to, um, I'm going to go into Phoenix for my breakfast. I'm going to have a wander around and a bit of shopping because I've not had a bit of shopping I've done for a while. But nothing exciting, just Newcastle town centre. Are
1: you going to wander along Phoenix Window? Yes, yes
2: I am.
3: Yes I am. Phoenix, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. good. Jeff. Probably some rugby at the weekend, building yeah. in last week, so continue to watch some of the, the Autumn Internationals there. And then an unexpected trip up to Edinburgh to get a new car windscreen, So, one of those <laughs> things where you've had to save for. Yeah. Had a bit of a. Was it an emergency mm-hmm. fund? It'll be an emergency fund. Yes. Hopefully, yeah. the insurance emergency fund will step in. Well, that's it. It's normally £50, 50 pound excess, <laughs> isn't it, for
0: a windscreen? Yes. Yeah. Laura, are you going to beat a sh- chip at Phoenix or a windscreen at um, baseball? I haven't baseball? got anything
1: too exciting, but um, I think I'm going out. My sister's home from Dubai, oh, so yeah. um, I think we're going to head out with my sister and my mum on the weekend, but chopman um, maybe something to eat and a few drinks, but nothing exciting.
0: Because you, when you were last on the podcast, you yes. ventured into Newcastle as well. I did. This must be something for people from Durham where it's a well, big day out. Well, the, the last
1: time I think it was um, we'd gone for bowling and karaoke, so that was a little bit more in the gym. Yeah. <laughs> <But> <laughs> did you was... get up
0: and sing in the end because you weren't sure?
1: Well, um, we actually in a in a in a small room. It's a pretty dark room with all the the lights and stuff, and everybody kind of sings along. There's only two mics. I didn't get on the mic, I
0: think that was a no. bit too far for me. <laughs> yeah. um, but everybody sings along, it was good fun.
2: Yeah. <laughs> do you have a favourite karaoke song, Neil? I don't do karaoke. My, my singing is terrible. So <laughs> I, I think I would blow the machine up. <laughs>
0: and yeah. Jeff, I know that you're, you're too sensible to do karaoke. If you'd heard me sing, you wouldn't. It <laughs> 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 seems like something all four of us have got in yeah. common. Yeah. <laughs> well, Fab, well, look, Laura, Jeff, and Neil, thank you so much um, for, for contributing today. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you as well for, for listening and for tuning in. I, I hope you found it useful. I hope you've hopefully picked up a couple of strategies to, uh, and a couple of top tips as we progress. Certainly as we go into the end of the year as well, I think that's something we maybe should have touched upon. As you get into the Christmas period, don't get yourself into these huge amounts of debt as, as well, ladies and gentlemen. But Probably a subject for another day as, yeah. as well. So thank you, everybody. Uh, have a lovely weekend and we'll speak to you next week. Subscribing to the True Potential YouTube channel is quick and easy. Simply go to the channel on your desktop or through the YouTube app on your phone and click the subscribe button. You can then press the notification bell symbol if you wish to be notified as and when new videos are released. Doing this is a great way to keep yourself updated with market developments and personal finance insights. Thank you to everyone who has subscribed and we look forward to continuing to help you do more with your money.